If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about how you don't get taken for a ride when you're buying a car. Joining me today is Kevin Hunter. He is a consumer advisor in the car business, and you have your own YouTube channel under The Homework Guy. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I do want to talk about, I have watched a lot of videos on car buying, and a lot of them say, beware when salesmen try to sell you this or don't talk about the actual price of the car. They want to try to talk about the payments. But yours is the first channel where I've seen that you actually go through role playing, where you pretend to be a customer and have a salesperson go through all the steps that they might do. And I think that's really important for people to understand. So tell us a little bit about the car buying process to start with. Well, first of all, real quickly, the idea of role play wasn't an original idea of mine. Role play is actually used extensively in car dealerships to train car salespeople. So they are role playing on each other all the time. And because they have heard what customers say to each other, they use those same lines on the person who's the acting salesman. And so because, you know, I witnessed how effective that was for training a salesman, I knew that would be helpful to car buyers to see too. They are already prepared for every question you could possibly throw at them. So as a car buyer, especially since I don't do this very often, I am not prepared for them to know everything I'm already going to ask. To help people with that, we've actually put together a bunch of free resources that people can get their hands on. Our website, thehomeworkguy.com, has a car buyer's guide on it that kind of walks through this people through the steps of... uh, of car shopping and car buying. We also have put up some free email templates because in today's car market, we don't recommend that people just go and visit a dealership and sit down with them to see what they can get approved for and see you know what the price of the car would be. We recommend that you do all of that from the comfort of your own home on your own turf and you do that via email. There's another really catch behind that too because when you send in a written request for a price via email, The dealer is required by law to respond to you also in writing. And now that you have that uh, price in writing and you go to the dealership and some dealers try to give pushback to consumers, they'll say, well, you have to come in and test drive or you have to come in and see us first before we give, give you that. And I always tell viewers on our channel that, no, 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 just fire right back to them and say you're violating law by not responding to my written request with also a written price. And... There's a reason they don't want to do that because if you get to the dealership with your written price in hand and they should attempt to waffle on that, well, there can be some Fair Credit Act violations, a number of different law violations that they can get into. So they, they try to give people pushback on that, thinking the average consumer won't know. This is why you're called the homework guy, because you're actually telling us we need to do our homework before we ever set foot into a car dealership. Yes. And you, you know what's funny is I, I wrote a book in 2015 titled, Is That the Best You Can Do? And that title actually came from a common question that car buyers ask their salesmen or their dealership when they go in. They'll ask, is that the best you can do? And I would sit there as the homework guy and somebody who actually educated consumers. I would be baffled 
by the lack of homework that this person had done who was sitting across the desk for me. I was like, you didn't talk to your own bank or credit union about financing before you came here? Are you, are you kidding me? You know, and I would quite often send people away that would show up to the dealership and they couldn't answer basic questions like that with a positive yes. And I'd say, well, then you need to go back home and you need to talk to your own bank or credit union before you come back to see me. That's your first step of your homework. And so this isn't just stuff that I'm teaching today. It is things that I put into practice on a dealership lot. Okay. I'm planning to buy a car. So I would like to do a little bit of role playing with you. Sure. I'm going to be that person who maybe didn't do a lot of homework. I checked out what cars I think I want to test drive, the size and maybe you know my favorite color, but I haven't really looked at price or gone to the bank. So I'm just walked onto the car lot. You're the salesman who gets me. We've done our test drive and now you're trying to reel me in. So let's go through a few of these steps that a salesman is going to do to get me to buy the car. So one of the first questions the salesperson will ask you, can you see yourself driving home in this vehicle today? Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. So why don't we take just a few minutes and sit down and go over the numbers first. And that, that will give you know basically what you're getting into and essentially what your monthly payments would be. What happens to be your monthly payment goal, by the way? Oh, I think I, you know, anything under $400 is good. Anything under 400 bucks. Okay, so that helps me with vehicle selection. And is there a specific type of vehicle that you were looking for? Well, it needs to be a compact SUV. Okay, compact SUV. Are you towing anything? Or are you hauling any passengers or stuff with you? Or what's your planned use of the vehicle? Eh, no, no towing. Not a lot of passengers. Okay, so a small SUV would, would work quite well for you. So the next thing that happens in this whole process is without you having done homework on actual price of the vehicle and being at the mercy of the salesman, I would bring you out something that is commonly known in the dealership as a four square. And on the four square is essentially a cash down payment. Um, also on the four square would be a monthly payment. And by the way, monthly payment is positively the worst possible way to shop for a car. They can make anything work based on a monthly payment. All they have to do is extend the terms out. And we're hearing now that some of those terms are even going out to 120 months. Can you believe that? Oh my God, that's like the rest of your life. Yeah, it's like getting a mortgage <laughs> on a car. Yeah. So yeah, and so yeah, they're, they're going out significant lengths. And when you say my goal is a $400 a month payment, they can take this vehicle and essentially by extending the terms out, they can make that payment work at whatever price they want to get for the car. So price becomes a non-discussion when your focus is a monthly payment. And that's a huge mistake that people make. And it's not that uncommon for a buyer to walk into a dealership and make what I call one of the really fatal questions. And they'll say, I want to find out what I can get approved for. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, oh my gosh, you are so unprepared for what's yeah. coming next. Okay, well, really quickly, let's just change that a bit. Let's go through this role play, only I'm going to do it the correct way that you recommend on your channel. Sure. I've just come in and you're the salesman, so go. So Heather, can you see yourself driving this vehicle home today? Well, it's a possibility, but I don't know if we have a good price that I can afford at this time. So what I'm hearing you say is that you'd kind of like to think about it? Yeah, go, I'm going to go home and think about it. 
Okay, so so that you have everything to think about, you probably having all the numbers would be pretty useful to you. So why don't we go into the dealership and sit down and five minutes, I can get you the numbers so that you can take those home and you'll have something to think about. No, you know, you're asking me to talk about finances in a public place and I don't feel comfortable with that. So I need to go home and think about it given what the MSRP is listed on the sticker on this car and I'll find out if that's something that I'm comfortable with. Okay, so is there one particular issue or another that's holding you back today besides price? that I need to think about the whole process. So that's all. Okay. Well, those are very good pushbacks and salespeople don't like to hear what you're saying at all. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you did well and, and you're very likely to go successfully go home and be able to give some honest thinking about what you just learned at the dealership. And also conveying in that message, you're stating that you don't have a really clear picture as to what the MSRP of the vehicle is and what the uh, proper market value of the vehicle would be. It's kind of funny because there's wide all over on YouTube are car sales trainers. Some of the real popular known ones, Steve Richards, which we do reaction videos on our channels too. And then another common one is Andy Elliott with the Elliott Group. And they role play on these videos and I recommend that people go and watch these sales training videos and understand what these lines are. They'll say shuts down. I want to think about it hundred percent of the time, or I need to talk to my spouse. They role play all of those objections and guarantee that with their training, they can overcome any ob objection. Okay. And it's all around the salesperson learning not to understand the word no. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go into the next step. Let's say you decide to buy the car and you're going to talk to the finance person. So we'll be yeah. right back and go into that with Kevin Hunter, the homework guy. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show. If it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about buying a car. Because that will affect your wallet faster than almost anything except for a mortgage. So joining me today is Kevin Hunter. He is the homework guy. And he also is a consumer advisor in the car industry. Kevin, I have worked out a good price with the salesperson. That is you. And I am home free. Now you take me to the finance officer. And all I have to do is sign some papers, right? That's essentially what the salesman is going to tell you is that not just that you'll just have some papers to sign, but they'll state to you emphatically, I'm going to turn you over to Fred Smith in finance and you're in excellent hands with him. He's got all kinds of financing resources and some excellent products to talk to you about and you'll be in great hands with Fred. That's basically what's, what's known as a turnover. So you get turned over to finance. The salesperson does not accompany you into the finance office. And once you sit down in, in finance, this is when you start to get hit by tons of extra costs. What everybody should be aware of in the listening audience is that the finance office is the number one profit producing office or per square foot in the entire dealership. Nobody makes more money than these finance guys do. And it's because of a whole host of things. People get blindsided by the a number of products and many times finance officers will make false statements to the consumer. They'll say, Heather, in order for the bank to allow me to give you 5% interest rate on your loan, 
They're also recommending that you get the $1,500 gap insurance policy that we have right here and uh, this extended warranty that's 3000 bucks, And it gives you peace of mind. So in case any, anything should break on the vehicle, the warranty covers you. But there's a whole number of things that come into that. And then there's also, we have on our website, a list of dealers' fake fees. And people wonder, how do you understand what a fake fee is? We have a list um, and name several of them by name what those fake fees are. But here's what a fake fee is. It's so easy to figure out. Look at your tax that's on your contract. And everything that is taxed in the way of a fee on your car contract is a what's called by the FTC as a junk fee. So anytime the dealer is collecting it, think of it this way. And this sounds really stupid then that you would pay for this. But think about being sold a fee, you know, like, a $500 fee for this or a $1,000 fee for that and being sold those fees. When you buy them, you pay sales tax on them. I want to go back to where you mentioned that the finance officers many times will highly recommend or sometimes they even say you have to buy this in order to get the rate we're giving you, which again is a lie and it's against the law to even say that. But yep. one of the things I noticed on your channel on one of the episodes was you said, imagine going into a grocery store and buying a bag of coffee beans. And then the clerks, when you go to check out, say, well, you have to buy the milk to go with the coffee beans. You cannot buy them separately. So if you're in the car dealership and the finance person is going, well, you have to buy X, Y, and Z to get the car, that's a lie. It is a lie, and it's also illegal for a dealership to require you to buy what are essentially add-ons, add-on products. It's known as tied selling. And anybody can go to Google and do a search on tied selling, and it describes what it is. And what the analogy you just gave there is perfect. Another one that Liz just gave on a recent show, she just said, imagine going to the general store, and they say, sir, we can't sell you the razors unless you also buy the shaving cream. And that, that would never happen. But at a dealership, people believe the finance officer and they think, well, it's window etching as an example or like a theft protection system and it's already on the car. You can't legally can't compel a customer to buy something they aren't voluntarily willing to pay for. And if you say no, they have to accept that no. Now, quite often, they'll give you some pushback saying, well, it's already on the vehicle. And people go like, oh, well, oh, my gosh, I guess I'm forced into taking it. But it's not true. That window etching kit, as an example, that they charge like four or five hundred bucks for, you can buy that kit on Amazon for twenty five bucks. So that's what, like a four hundred percent markup. <laughs> Significantly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is awful. Before we started talking, I went online to check out, like I was going to buy a car, and looked at the itemization of the cost of what they were trying to sell the car for. Oh my God, the worst fee that I saw. So the manufacturer's retail price was $30,000 and then they had the extended warranty on there and your licensing fee. And then they had market adjustment markup and it was marked up like $4,500 just because people are willing to pay over the MSRP. Doesn't mean you should be. Correct. Yes, market adjustment. Uh, we have actually a real good friend of ours in Maryland. His name is Dan Whitney, and he's a consumer protection attorney. And he just recently published a video where he defended 
a client in court against a dealership that refused to cancel an extended warranty that he had bought, a $6,500 extended warranty, if you can imagine paying that for an extended warranty. But he not only got the $6,500 warranty canceled, but he got the $10,000 market adjustment the gentleman paid refunded. And it's very common for dealers and, and you know whatnot to advertise a vehicle at a given price, and then you show up at the dealership, and that's where you tend to get surprised by all these things they add on to the vehicle like a market adjustment or like, you know, a dealer fee or a really common one that people get burned on on a brand new car is actually a destination fee. And while a destination fee is actually a legitimate fee that comes from the manufacturer, it's actually part of the MSRP. So if you're paying MSRP on the vehicle or something in that neighborhood, you're also paying for the destination fee. And when the dealer puts that on your contract, you're paying for it twice and the second fee goes into the dealer's pocket. Oh, so I didn't know that. So yes. if it's a brand new car and you see that manufacturer's suggested retail price, which is $30,000, that includes the shipping and destination fee. <gasps> yes, it does. Okay. All There's right. There's probably all kinds of people in your listening audience that are going, oh my gosh, I got to look at my contract. And if you have a destination fee line item on your contract, you got screwed by that dealer. Same thing with the used car, because generally aren't the used cars, I mean, if I go to a lot, I'm guessing that somebody near me, my neighbor, turned in a car that I now want to buy. So there isn't really any destination or shipping fee. Never a destination fee on a used car. That used car either came from a trade-in or it came from auction or potentially the, you know, it was a lease return, like a customer who leased the vehicle three years ago now turned it back into the dealership. So it could be a lease return too. So there's any number of ways that the vehicle comes to the dealer's lot, but uh, it's never shipped to them with a destination fee, a used car, never the case. Wow. Okay. I want to go back to that market adjustment. If I see that on a car, how do I get the finance person to take that off the line item? Well, a lot of it has to do with how that's presented to you. So if if you look up the online advertised price of the vehicle and it says MSRP is 30,000 and market adjustment is five grand. So therefore the, the sale price is $35,000. Then the dealer is legally covered because they have disclosed the fact that they got a market adjustment before you even go in. So basically the requirement of a market adjustment is that they tell you that up front where a lot of dealers are not doing that because they want to position their vehicle as the lowest price. So they'll just say 30,000 bucks MSRP and you show up at the dealership and all of a sudden you've got this additional charge and that is known as deceptive pricing and it is illegal. And anybody who's had that happen to them, they go back even later. It can, it can be a, a year or two later, whatever, but uh, they go back in later with a good consumer protection attorney, somebody like Dan Whitney, and they'll get that, that money back. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, you've got a better way for us to buy a car. We should not just be showing up to the car dealer like I did in the very beginning in the Royal Play. We don't want to do that. We have a better way. So when we come back, Kevin Hunter is going to tell us how that is. 
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about don't get taken for a ride when you go buy a car. Now, the first thing I want to ask Kevin Hunter, you are my guest and you are the homework guy. You recommend that everybody does their homework before you even think about buying a car. That's right. So, Kevin, tell us if we do our homework, what is the best way so that we're not walking into the car dealer to buy a car? Well, as the current system is and how people are dealing with dealers and, and you kind of have to go, go with their rigmarole, the reason we put the, they're called OTD email templates on our website. It's out the door pricing templates. We put them on our website so people can get those and email those to dealers. Make sure you get everything in writing and nailed down before you go to the dealership. Do all your negotiations from the comfort of home. Do it on your turf. And until the numbers are what you're looking for, don't go in. No matter what they say, because some dealers will respond to you and say, well, we just need you to come to the dealership. Don't fall for that. I hear from people all the time who say that the dealer just wants me to come in. It's like, no, 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 don't, don't go in. Everybody understands, you know, the value of someone negotiating with you and sitting at the power position you know, behind their desk and in their office and on their turf. And that's where the dealership wants you. And so negotiate everything from home via email, get it all in writing. And if you happen to get a cell number of a salesperson that you're communicating with, don't just make phone calls there, trade text messages back and forth. That's another form of, of documenting, you know, your conversations. And if something goes south and you end up being taken advantage of by that dealership, all of that documentation and all of that record keeping will help you substantially not only get the right deal when you get to the dealership, but if you should happen to take them to court, it's gold when somebody does their, does uh, that kind of documentation. Also, there are plenty of states out there that are known as single consent states, which means that only one person in the conversation has to know it's being recorded. Many of us carry around these smartphones that have recording apps on them. There's nothing wrong with you going into a dealership and recording that conversation for your own purposes. Now, there will be some cases where a finance officer or somebody in a dealership may object to you recording your conversation that you have with a finance officer. But the truth is, is no law in the country says that you can violate your own data privacy. So you can't. Mm -hmm. So that do it from home, your own home turf. Also, I read that if a salesman gets you into the building, because usually, you know, you're doing your test drive, you're outside, you're talking a bit, and then the dealer wants to get you inside. Even if right. you're standing up and you're in the building, the chances of you buying the car just went to 50-50. Yes. But as soon as you sit down in front of his or her desk, your chances of buying that car just went to 80%. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And most people don't get out of the dealership once they get into it. They don't get out of a dealership and they pretty much never, ever, once you go in and sit down, you never, ever get a so-called fair car deal. Just does not happen. You get sold the farm and then some. And all these things that the finance office, there's a, there's a really important term for people to understand. It's called actual cash value. And the book value of vehicles are determined Basically, the wholesale value is the actual cash value and nothing the finance officer has to sell you in the finance office will change the actual cash value of the vehicle. That's really important to know because when you have this loan that's already at $30,000, 
and you're sitting down with him or her and they load you up with a $1,500 gap policy and then a $2,500 extended warranty policy. And then they hit you with all, all kinds of fees, you know, a thousand dollars worth of fees. You're sitting there with a loan that's three to $4,000 higher, easily higher than what the sale price of the vehicle is. But that didn't change the value of your vehicle at all. And then you drive this vehicle off the lot. And the moment that that title changes at the state from the dealership to you, you lose a huge chunk of money. And almost there are so many car buyers out there right now, Heather, that are what are referred to as being underwater yeah. in their car. Well, they could not sell it for what the loan balance on the vehicle is. So you really got to be careful what you're paying for in finance. I ran the numbers on that. As soon as that title changes hand and you drive off the lot, you've just lost 25% of the value in the first year. And then the second year, you lose another 14%. And I think it's all, it's 14% for the third year as well. But if you drive this car for three years, you've lost just over 35% of the original value. And what I've been finding in my search of cars, the used car, like from 2019, the original MSRP would be 25.5. And now it's, we're almost four years later and used car dealers are trying to sell that car for $30,000. So yes. more than $5,000 above the MSRP when it should be down to $20,000. Correct. So you're seeing quite often here, uh, you're familiar with uh, Elizabeth on our broadcast. She books out tons of cars for car buyers around the country. And that, by the way, is a free service that we offer uh, for our viewers. They can email us or call us. So she books them out for them. And it wasn't long ago that she came to me one day and she goes, Kevin, I'm seeing a really alarming trend. And that is that used cars are selling for more than their original MSRP. We put out a show not long ago that covered 2020, 2021, and 2022 vehicles, advising people not to buy them because they were by far the worst offenders when it came to being sold for original MSRP. And they also have all kinds of quality problems. If people think about stuff, there's not only were supply shortages in the way of microchips and things like that, but suppliers had a hard time getting you know, some of their most skilled employees into the supply base. And so subsequently, manufacturers start dealing with all these part failures that were unheard of before, like a shattering drive shaft on a Ford, you know, F-150 or F-250 truck, unheard of to happen before, but it's happening a lot in vehicles that are in that 2020 to 22 category. So we're telling people don't buy them because they're a bad buy, they're way overpriced, and they also have a ton of recalls. There's per vehicle produced there's 1.8 recalls of, of those three years. Wow. So that's pretty much 100% chance that your vehicle has a quality problem the manufacturer knows about. Oh my gosh. One last thing I do want to ask, what is the only fee if we're buying a car that we should be seeing on a contract? The license and the title fees that are collected by your state DMV office. Any consumer can actually contact the DMV office looking at the car that you're looking at saying, hey, I'm planning on buying this $30,000 SUV, could you tell me what my title and license fees on the vehicle would be? And you now have that information when you go into the dealership. Another good reason to have that is because it, first of all, gives you that knowledge. But the second reason is, is that quite often the finance office 
let's say your title and license fees to the penny were $324.19. The finance guy will put on your contract title and license fees, approximately 400 bucks. And you go, well, that's not a huge amount of money, but they round the number up to put money into their own pocket all the time. So whenever I see a rounded off number mm-hmm. around those two expenses, just like stop, get me the exact numbers to the penny because that's the way they'll come from the state. There's another category of fees, which when I said we have a, a list of fake fees on our website, thehomeworkguy.com, dealers are also right now, in fact, when I mentioned this recent case that Dan Whitney got a huge amount of money refunded for this client from this dealership, one of them was basically a phantom category of fees. It basically said miscellaneous dealer fees. And you're like, what What the heck is that for? In the state of Maryland and many other states have these laws too. In the state of Maryland, state law says that the dealer has to specify what the fee is for. So that's why they come up with all these little glorious names about, you know, your cousin has red hair fee. I mean, it sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but that's the kind of stupid stuff they dream up at the dealership. So where can people find more of your videos so they can learn I love your role-playing ones. Those are some of the best, I think, because it really gives people the understanding of what they're up against. So where can people go to find more help? Our channel is on YouTube. It's called The Homework Guy. And we're right now the number one projected automotive-related channel to hit a million subscribers. Tons of people from all around the country flock there. And then we also have our website, thehomeworkguy.com, and so many free resources there for people. That website, based on our SEO analytics that come from uh, GoDaddy, we are in the top 1% of website hits of any websites that GoDaddy hosts. Tons of people go there to find resources too. Yeah, and it's wonderful, especially the FTC rules, the Federal Trade Commission. They are cracking down on car dealers, but it takes two people. It takes the buyers to tell the FTC that bad things are happening because they don't know to investigate otherwise. So you've put on your website what these FTC rules are and what we should be looking for if we are trying to buy a car. Yeah, and pretty much every single investigation by the attorney general, by local police, by the FTC, is all initiated by a consumer complaint. So sometimes we get people asking us, well, why isn't somebody doing something about all these things if dealers are doing all these illegal activities? And I always like to respond to that. Hey, is it illegal for your neighbor to break into your garage? Of course it is. But how are they going to get busted if they do? Only if you catch them. And that's exactly what has to happen. The car buyer has to catch the dealer performing an illegal activity and turn them in, file a complaint. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin Hunter. You are the homework guy, but you're a consumer advisor in the car business. So we're really grateful to have you along, especially for anybody who may be needing to buy a car in the near future. Glad to join you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.